I'm going to begin tonight by giving you a test. I like those. But uh, this will probably show your age, to be honest with you. And, and I'll tell you also that uh, when we get into the Bible study, I, I don't know if we're going to get through all this tonight. It, it may bleed over into next Sunday night, and if so, that's fine. So I'm not going to get too caught up, and I've got to get through everything. I'm going to try to walk through the text. But I want to tell you how I came to this. Um, when I was reading through the Bible, and we were reading, when I was, the rest of us, when we, we were reading through the book of Daniel, I came to Daniel chapter 2 and was just fascinated again by what I was reading. Fascinated by the story and fascinated by description of God that, that we'll be looking at tonight. And so that's kind of the, the motivation behind coming back to this text. I know a couple of weeks ago we looked at Daniel chapter 1. And we dug a little deeper into Daniel chapter 1. But uh, tonight we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 2. If you want to go ahead and open God's word uh, to the Old Testament book of Daniel. Chapter 2. <clears throat> All right. Now that you've had time to find it, uh, I'm going to give you the test. And uh, don't worry, you can still go to heaven if you don't pass this one, okay? Here's the test. I'm going to mention two names. I'm going to mention two names, and you tell me who they are. Okay? Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane. All right, characters from Superman, what did they do? Newspaper reporters for the Daily Planet newspaper in the city of Metropolis. There you go. I, when we put our heads together, we're able to do that. That's pretty good. Uh, now, they, of course, uh, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen were part of a TV show called Superman. Uh, that, that's back when cartoons were cartoons, I'm telling you. That was back in the good old days. According to the announcer of the show, Superman was faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings as in a single bound. Do you remember where Superman came from? What planet? Krypton. Krypton. His, his parents lived on that planet. It was a dying planet. And he came to Earth, and as the announcer liked to say, with powers far beyond that of mortal man. Chris, you probably remember that, don't you? Watching Superman. And <laughs> So, <laughs> so when Lois and Jimmy faced a situation that no mortal man could handle, when they faced a situation that no mortal man could possibly resolve, they would invariably say these famous words, this is a job for Superman. That's, do what? I, I don't know what he said, but maybe it's better. <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. But before that, before that, they would say, this is a job for Superman. Then people in the town would say, it's a bird, it's a plane. 
is Superman. See what you missed, Chris? I mean, these were good cartoons. These were back in the good old days. <clears throat> I, I don't want to burst your bubble, and this may come as a shock to you, but uh, there is no Superman. I know. <laughs> Do what? <laughs> so let me ask you some questions what do you do when you need one you know here, here's, here's the thing Superman came when the problem was, was so big that no mortal man could handle it so what do you do when you face something that is more than you can handle what do you do when there appears to be no answer to your situation what do you do when when there's no mortal man to help you. Of course, we know what we do. We, we pray. But here's my question for you. Why? Why do we pray? I want you to answer that for me. I want, that's not just a theoretical question. When, when there is something that's greater than we are, when there is something, a problem in our lives that no mortal man can handle, of course, it's, it's our natural response to turn our eyes toward heaven and to pray. But why? Why do we do that? Why do we pray? Pray for peace. Yes. What else? God, God is sovereign. He has all power. He can do anything. Acknowledging that we need God. These are all good answers. I'll put it this way. When we pray, we're partnering with the supernatural, not just the natural. When we pray, we're partnering with the supernatural. That, there's a great example of this principle in Daniel chapter 2. I want to give you the context, and we're going to walk through this text. And again, we may get through it, and we may not uh, all the way tonight. But uh, this is a, a wonderful text that I just enjoyed reading again. Here's the story, the context. King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has a very troubling dream. Have you ever had uh, just a, a dream where you woke up and it's like it just messed you up? I, you know, I, I sometimes take Tylenol PM to sleep because uh, I have problems sometimes sleeping and I can't get my mind to shut off and all that. But, but invariably, when I take Tylenol PM, I don't know what it is about that, but when I take it that night, I'm going to have awful dreams. So, it's, you know, it's kind of a dilemma. Do I sleep or do I have awful dreams? And uh, so I had one last night, and I was trying to remember what it was, and I can't remember now, so I don't guess it was that awful. But, but King Nebuchadnezzar had those kind of troubling dreams, and, and here's what he did. He called his astrologers and his spiritual advisors, and he asked them to interpret the dream. Chapter 2, let's dig into the text. Chapter 2, verse 1. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had, had dreams. His mind was troubled, and he could not sleep. So here's the situation. He had a dream, or dreams, it says, plural. It woke him up. His mind was troubled by what he had dreamed, and then he couldn't go back to sleep. So, because he's king, it doesn't matter that everybody else is sleeping. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me, and I want to know what it means. 
Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will interpret it. But, don't read any further, there's a catch in the story. The king has decided he doesn't want to be scammed. The king has decided that anybody can make up an interpretation. And so he decides to put his wise men to a test. Verse 5. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have, notice this phrase, I have firmly decided. Not just that I decided. This is what I firmly decided. You know what he's saying? You're not going to change my mind on this. All right? This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Now, I don't know about you, but that kind of sounds impossible. It's, it's not just, hey, can you explain my dream to me? It's, can you tell me what my dream was? Then I'll know that you know enough to interpret it. So let's see how it goes out. Or it turns out, verse 7. Once more they replied, let, <laughs> I, love, I just chuckled when I read this in my study. Let, let the king tell his servant the dream and we'll interpret it. The king answered, I am certain that you're trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have, here it is again, firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. Not if you don't interpret it. He said, if you don't tell me the dream, there's just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. I guess the king was so disturbed by the dream that he wanted to make sure that he's just not being told a lie. And so he comes up with this amazing thing, this, this amazing challenge. Tell me the dream, then you can interpret it. And the astrologers, as you can imagine, before we read about it, if you were one of the astrologers, what would you say? <laughs> Get my affairs in order. I like that. What else? Anybody else? What would you say? How would you feel? Probably be shaking in your boots, literally. Your knees are probably knocking. Verse 10. <clears throat> the astrologers answered the king, There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. Not a, doesn't that sound like Superman? There's not a man on earth that can do this. No king, however great and mighty, has, has ever asked. For such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they do not live among men. I love that. They're lost as can be, but they still have the awareness. If there's anybody that could do this, it would be the gods. Now, they're saying little g gods. But in their mind, this is not something man can accomplish. 
in their pagan minds, this is not something that, that any human can accomplish. In their pagan minds, the only, the only possibility is that the little g pagan gods of their world might be able to answer this challenge. But, he says, but they don't live among men. What they're saying is, king, this would require powers far beyond mortal man. The king got so angry that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. Look what happens, verse 12. This made the king so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. And men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends put them to death. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. And he asked the king's officers, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Arioch then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream. Now, please notice what Daniel did with this problem that was far beyond what any human could accomplish. Verse 17. Let's see what, how Daniel handled this. Then, w- 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 let me paint the picture first. Daniel says, okay, tell, tell me the story again. Why is it that the king's going to kill all the wise men? Well, it's because he had this dream and he wants to know what the dream is. And then he wants somebody to, to interpret it. He says, okay, I get it. So Daniel gets up the courage to go to the king and says, I'd like to interpret your dream for you. I'm just going to ask you to give me a little time, and then I'll come back and tell you what the dream is. Now, I want you to see what happens. After he leaves the king's presence, after he leaves the king's palace, I want you to see what he does, verse 17. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. We saw those names in chapter 1, if you remember. He urged them. This is where it's, it's going to get good. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven. I, I've got that underlined in my Bible. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God, that phrase, the God of heaven, concerning this, this what? What's that word? Mystery, we'll come back to that. So that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the men, the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery, there's that word again, was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised, here's that phrase again, he praised the God of heaven. We all face problems from time to time that no mere mortal man could possibly resolve. We all have times when life gets desperate. We all have times when life can look hopeless. And sometimes we face those challenges that are bigger than us, and we try as best as we can to handle it. And then sometimes we realize, this thing that I'm facing, this challenge that I'm facing, is bigger than me. And it's bigger than anybody that I know. But here's what I want you to remind, here's what I want you to remember. It's not bigger than God is. There is no challenge that's bigger than God is. Now, now theologically we believe that. But here's the question. Practically do we believe that? 
Sometimes we think these bills are bigger than God is, or this crisis is bigger than God is, or this pain, or this illness, or this heartbreak, this need, this family problem is bigger than God is. I want to say something to you. It's nowhere near bigger than God is. So when Daniel, when Daniel had this challenge, Daniel took it to the God of heaven along with his friends because he recognized this may be a big challenge, this may be a big problem, but it's not bigger than God is. Now I want you to notice in chapter 2, verse 18, how Daniel described God. I've already referenced it. I want you to see it again. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven. This speaks of his supreme sovereignty, the God of heaven. You'll see it scattered throughout the book, especially in chapter 2. You'll see it over and over and over. In fact, let me just read through the text with you, and I want to show you, just if you take any notes, or maybe just mark this in your Bible. I've got these verses marked in my Bible. It's in verse 18, the God of heaven. Verse 19, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. There it is again. Look in verse 28. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Look in verse 37. You, O king, are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. Uh, you see it again in verse 44. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed speaks of his supreme sovereignty. Compared to you, your obstacle is huge, but you belong to the one who is known as the God of heaven. Now what does that phrase mean, the God of heaven? You need to understand, you belong to the God who created and who controls the heavens. He created everything. He controls everything. And he, watch this, watch this. He's always above your problem. He is the God of heaven. He's always above your problem. He's always greater than your problem. He's always bigger than your problem. He is not just God. He is the God of heaven. He's the one that sovereignly, supremely reigns over everything. So Daniel said, I want to tell you something. I, I, can't, I can't interpret this dream, but there is a God of heaven who sees what we don't see, who knows what we don't know, who has power we don't have, there is somebody we can turn to. He is the God of heaven. Can I say to you that no matter what you're facing, there is someone you can turn to. You can always turn to the God of heaven. Compared to you, your obstacle is huge, but compared to the one who controls a hundred billion galaxies, it's not huge. Now, Go back to verse 18. There's a couple more words here that we need to understand as we're trying to dig into this text. Daniel urged. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven. The word plead means to ask, to pray for, to look for, and to do it with urgency, to this is, this is not now I lay me down to sleep kind of praying. This is, this is praying when a lot hangs in the balance. This is the kind of praying where you are desperate and you are intensely praying. This is the kind of praying where you are praying for a miracle. This is the kind of praying when you're asking God to do something that mere mortal man cannot do. 
when the heat is on, the days are difficult, Daniel gathered his friends and he knew how to pray. Can I be honest with you? Sometimes I wonder if I do, if I know how to pray. When I read the prayer lives of others uh, in biographies, when I read the prayer lives of people in Scripture, I, I, I sometimes feel like a spiritual pygmy, especially in my prayer life. There, there are times when my prayer life just seems almost anemic. Daniel, with his life on the line, said, if you'll give me time to pray about it, I believe the God of heaven can do a miracle. You give me time to pray about it. I believe the God of heaven can show me your dream. And then I believe he can interpret it. Somebody once said that we generally do a lot more worrying on our knees than praying. I think that's probably true. But do you know what may have helped Daniel in this area? I love this. And, I, and I, I don't know if you called it when I was talking just a minute ago. But one of the things that helped Daniel in this area is that Daniel didn't just pray. He called on his prayer partners to join him in prayer. You catch that, verse 17 and 18? Verse 17, Daniel returned to his house and he explained the matter to his friends. Ananiah, Mishael, Azariah. He urged them to plead for mercy from God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men. Do you have anyone who's praying with you through something? Isn't it interesting that Daniel didn't just go back home and shut the door and pray? Now, there's another place in, the, in this book where Daniel goes and he shuts the door and he's praying. But, but that's not what he did this time. This was something so overwhelming. This was something no mortal man could do. This was something, it was a miracle that was needed. And rather than just go home and pray for God to do something, Daniel gathered some people around him to pray with him. He got some prayer partners. You see, when we join our prayers together, there's a spiritual dynamic there that can't be denied. So I'm going to ask you again, do you have anyone who's praying with you through something? The Bible says, for two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. So whenever you run into a challenge that is bigger than you are, don't let worry tell you that it's bigger than God is. Get some prayer partners and remind yourself this is a job for the God of heaven. This is a time I need the God of heaven. I love the fact that the God of heaven answered the prayers of Daniel and his three friends in an undeniable way. I want you to notice in verse 19. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. I want you to focus on two words in verse 19. The first word I want you to focus on is the word mystery. The word mystery means something that cannot be discovered by man's reason, wisdom, or effort. It is what some scholars call a sacred secret. It's a mystery. You cannot discover it on your own. It's a mystery. You cannot figure it out with your, own, your, with your wisdom. You can have a PhD in dreamology. 
I made that up. But you can have a you can have a PhD in dreamology and you can never discover this on your own. It's a mystery. It's, it's something that is beyond human reasoning, human ability. It's a mystery. It's a sacred secret that is beyond man's reason, man's wisdom, man's effort. It's a mystery. And we'll never figure it out. It's a mystery. Now the second word that I want you to notice in verse 19 is the word Revealed. It means to disclose, to uncover, to unveil. It's something that can't be discovered by man's wisdom. It's beyond our grasp, but it can be discovered if God uncovers it. During the night, it says in verse 19, the mystery was revealed to Daniel. Now let's see what happens. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. By the way, when that happened, if you're Daniel... When that happened, what goes through your mind there? Hallelujah, that's right. Did you go back to sleep after that? I don't know, it's just, just one of those things that go through my mind. Did you go back to sleep? I don't know. Either you went back to sleep and slept like a baby, or you're so excited you couldn't get back to sleep. I don't know which it would be. I would be afraid. This happened to me the other night. I told Lisa, I said, I'm so frustrated because on Wednesday night, uh, a couple of nights before Wednesday, I was teaching Wednesday night and probably on Monday night, maybe Tuesday night, uh, I had the Bible study just outlined in my mind. I mean, it was just boom. It was there. I went to bed thinking, I got it. I, that's going to be good. Woke up on Wednesday. I couldn't remember it. I lost it. My files got corrupted or something, you know? Computer language. I just, I just could not retrieve it. And I was so frustrated. I was so aggravated. It's like, why didn't you get up and write it down? So I'm kind of chasing a rabbit here. But Daniel, when God revealed the mystery, Daniel, I don't know if he got up and wrote it down or if God just gave it to him and it was there. More than likely, I think when... When boom, when God unveiled it, when God revealed it, I think it was just ingrained in his mind and in his spirit. All right. Forgive me for chasing that rabbit. Um, let's see how it turns out. I said, how would you respond? Let we find out how you respond. Here's what, what it says. During the night, the mystery, verse 19, was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel, then Daniel praised the God of heaven. You would too. And here's what he said. This is good. He said in verse 20, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. You might want to underline that. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. I put in my Bible, God is in control. I love the fact, listen, listen to, listen, I am not, I am not going to get political. I'm not talking Republican or Democrat or Independent. But I want you to know something. Our God is sovereign. And our God is sovereign over our nation. And our God is sovereign over the nations. 
And we can read the newspapers and we can watch the news and we can rightly get concerned about what's happening in our country or what's happening in other countries. But you need to always remember that you serve the God of heaven and He's the one who determines who's sitting on the thrones. The little thrones of this world. He's sitting on the, on the throne of the universe. He's sitting on the throne of, of all of everything He's ever created. He's on the throne of God, and He determines who's sitting on the little thrones in the nations. Right there, it's in verse 21. He changes times and seasons, and He, this God of heaven, He sets up kings. And not only does He set, set them up, He takes them down. He deposes them. So don't get too worried about who's in charge or who's not in charge. Because Almighty God is the one who determines that. So you need to go to, to, to the Lord in prayer and trusting in Him and rather than getting on social media and losing your mind. That wasn't in my notes, but... All right. Now, He sets up times and seasons he set uh, he sets up kings and deposes them he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning i i found that interesting can, can i pause there for a minute can i chase one more rabbit it says he gives wisdom to the wise it seems like it ought to say he gives wisdom to the dumb or the ignorant he gives wisdom to those who don't have it but it says here he gives wisdom to the wise and the same thing he gives knowledge to the discerning Maybe in the process of trying to find wisdom, God gives wisdom. Just a thought. Verse 22. This is, this is the verse that I really want you to see. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness, and light dwells with him. I want you to, I've marked it in my Bible. You may want to mark it in yours. I, there's two things that I highlighted in, in verse 22. He reveals, he knows. He reveals, he knows. God really is sovereign. God is sovereign. He reveals what we don't see, and he knows what we don't know. You might want to remind yourself that God knows what I don't know. God knows but I don't know. You see, our world is searching for someone with answers. We need someone who knows what we don't know. All right, so let's, let's keep going and see how far we can get. <clears throat> I think, and, and he goes on to say, verse 23, uh, I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. So that's his prayer where he's thanking God. Now, let's, let's keep going here. Then Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon, and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king, and I will interpret his dream for him. Arioch took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can tell the king, what his dream means. Verse 26, the king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream? 
and interpret it? Daniel replied, I love this, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. Pause for a moment. The king says, hey, are, are you really able to tell me the dream? Are you really able to tell me and interpret it for me? And Daniel, Daniel says, listen, there's not a magician, there's not a wise man, there's not an astrologer on the planet who can do that. And the king is about to say, yeah, that's what I thought. Another one going to bite the dust. But, look at the rest of it. Look at the rest of it. No wise man, verse 27, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. Verse 28, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that pass through your mind as you lay on your bed are these. Now, With anticipation, the king is listening. Because there's finally a man who said, I can't tell you the dream, but there is a God in heaven who can. With anticipation, his ears perk up. And imagine what must have gone through his mind when all of a sudden he starts hearing Daniel recite the dream he had. Verse 29, as you were lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, and I love this, the humility of Daniel. Uh, this mystery has been revealed to me, to me not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. You looked, O king, and there before you stood a large statue, an, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were broken to pieces. At the same time, it became like chaff on the threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. For you, O king, are the king of kings. Little K, you are the king of of all the kings of the earth. The God of heaven, there's that phrase again. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are that head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Now, next, the third king. By the way, let me stop here for a second. It's amazing when you study, and I referenced this, I think, the last time we were in Daniel. But it's amazing when you study this, when you study history, it unfolded exactly the way Daniel described it here. Exactly. Verse 39, after you, another kingdom will rise inferior to yours. Next, a third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Uh, finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. And just as you saw that the feet 
and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it, yet, <clears throat> yet, <clears throat> excuse me, yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, <clears throat> so this kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. And in the time of those kings, the God of heaven, there's that phrase again, in the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true and the interpretation is trustworthy. Then, verse 46... Then Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel. Here is the little K, king of kings, falling down before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. Now, you know why? Because that was exactly the dream that he had. And he knew that no man could ever have told him that dream, much less interpret it correctly. The king said to Daniel, Surely... Your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Moreover, at the, Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. Well, there's so much that we could talk about there, but let me just... Focus in on one or two things and then we're going to be done. Did you notice that in this dream, tell, you tell me, what, what essentially was this dream about? It was about, uh, what was it? it statue. When you get to chapter, well, well, before I get there, it was about a statue. When you come to the end of chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar declares that God is the God of all gods, right? He is the Lord of all kings because this mystery has been revealed. When you get to chapter 3, just read the heading of your Bible. What's in chapter 3? Yeah, he built a statue. Where do you think he got that idea? And... Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. And so he builds an image of gold, 90 feet tall statue to commemorate, to commemorate this dream that he had and to, to acknowledge his greatness. We may come back to that, but that's just a little thing there that how the Bible unfolds 
But I want you to go back. We're going to end here. I want you to go back to verse 20, and I want you to read it out loud with me. All right, just read, beginning with the word praise. Let's read verse 20 out loud. Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. Why is it that why is it important that we acknowledge that? Why is it important that we know that? Because there are times when we run short of those two things. Wisdom and power. There are times when we don't have those two things. Wisdom or power. You ever have those times when you just don't know what to do? You ever have those times when you're just not sure what you need to do? James says... If anyone lacks wisdom, James 1.5, if anybody lacks wisdom, because we all do at times, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Daniel would say, here's the reason you ask God, because wisdom and power are His. Do you know why you need to be praying tomorrow morning? Because you're facing things you don't know about. You're facing things you can't explain. You're facing things that only the supernatural power of God can help you. And here's what you, the reason you need to be praying. Because wisdom and power are His. Jeremiah 33.3 called me and I'll answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. How do we know that verse is true? Because wisdom and power are His. You see, human reasoning can't figure everything out. Would you agree with that? Our own effort, our own resourcefulness can't solve every problem. Sometimes, sometimes we need to pray to the God of heaven. And sometimes we need to ask people to pray with us. Remember Daniel did that. He went and got some friends and he said, Hey, would you pray with me to, to the God of heaven? Would you pray with me because this is not something a normal man can do. This is not something a normal man can face. This is something where I need the God of heaven. So let's pray. Let's pray together. Daniel chapter 2 is a good chapter for us all and, and one of the reasons it's a good chapter for us all. Because you're just like me. Sometimes you face things and you have to say, you know what? This is beyond me. This is more than I can handle. I'm not sure what to do about this. Human reasoning can't figure this one out. Sometimes, when the problem is bigger than you are, you just need to be reminded it's not bigger than God is. There is a God of heaven who supremely, sovereignly rules above it all. And all God's people said, Amen.